Thanks for checking out the Southcrest Church Podcast. We are one church meeting in two locations in South Atlanta. You can find us online at southcrest.tv. Now let's hear a word from God today. Good morning, everybody. Y'all doing good this morning? Yeah, yeah, ready to go, ready to do this? Well, good morning. Welcome, Newton, and welcome, LaGrange. Everybody's looking great out there, by the way. Y'all looking really good. It's a good crowd out there, man. I'm ready to do this. We are in week three of our series, Losing My Religion. And what a great series this has been, man. It's an incredible talk about how we can do away with the trappings of religion and just accept the pure heart of who Jesus truly is in our lives. And I want to talk to you about this morning. that this morning. I want to talk to you about the idea of the heart, Because really, I believe that this idea of religion versus Jesus, a true heart of relationship with Jesus, starts right here in our hearts. And I want to talk to you about that today. Um, I start off with a story uh, about my past. This is a very personal story to my life, and I'd like to share it with you guys this morning. Is that okay? Can I share that with you? Get real with you. Let's get real honest this morning, okay? See, when I started out in my faith journey, man, I was just not walking with the Lord, If you talk to my parents, they'll tell you how it really was. You know, they'll tell you the straight up real story about the real Jake back when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, but I wasn't walking with God. You know, I look pretty good, maybe standing here on the stage, polished, clean, but you know what? Here's the reality. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Every day I trust in the grace of Jesus Christ. So here's what happened to me, man. I was 17, 18 years old. I wasn't walking with the Lord. And when I turned 19, I went to this crazy party. And I went to a party, and I was, man, I was out for no good, right? I was up to no good, and I was out for no good. And, uh, man, I was going on in this party and having a good time, and so I started getting into the recreational things that you do when you go to these parties, and, dude, just consuming whatever I could. And my goal that night was just to get completely wasted. That was my goal, stated goal. Here's the only thing that happened. That night, the more and more I consumed... I couldn't figure out how to get wasted that night. Like, it was weird. I stayed sober. The more that I took, the more sober I got. And I had never had a problem like this before. Never had an issue with getting wasted. I was actually pretty good at it. But for whatever reason, this night, I couldn't quite figure it out. And so I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting angry. Like, you know, I'm not having a good time. I'm out there to enjoy myself or whatever. And I was not enjoying myself. I was upset. I was angry. I was frustrated. My friends are all having a blast. You know, they're all in like some third world of their mind or whatever. And I'm like here just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. You know, hey, you guys hope you're having a good time. I'm just sitting here. So I was frustrated. So I go, I leave. I just left the party. I was like, I'm out of here. I went and got in my car and I was just sitting in my car, just angry. And I began to realize something was going on that night. Something that changed me and made me in a situation where I would never be the same. Because here's what God was doing in my life that night. He was drawing me to himself. And I didn't know it at the time, but that feeling that I had, it's called conviction. And God was drawing me into his presence. So here's the cool part. This is when things start to get interesting. I'm sitting there in my car, right? Hands on the steering wheel, just kind of staring out at the woods. And Jesus shows up with me in the car. I mean, I I really, I don't know if I can explain actually what took place, but I just know that I was there with Jesus. And I saw him for who he truly was. And I saw me for who I truly was. And I had heard about religion, 
I'd heard about God. I'd heard about these things growing up. Man, I went to church, and you know what? I heard about all that stuff. But in that moment, that's when I met the dude, and it made all the difference in my life. You know, I, I don't know what took place that night. It was kind of subjective. It was for me. But what I do know is that after that moment, everything in my life changed because I had met the real Jesus. And so I want to talk to you about something today. I want to talk to you about what happens in our heart when we come before God, when we stand before him. Because here's the deal. We can stand in front of religion all day long and it will never change us. You know what I'm talking about? Man, how many of you guys have seen religion and are like, That's, I'm done with that. That has no power. As a matter of fact, I've even tried that. And how has it worked in actually changing your life? It didn't work on me. But when I met Jesus, everything changed. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about how Jesus, when we come before God, the state of our hearts, who we are, how do we even stand? Because here's the deal. I knew when I stood before Jesus in that moment that I wasn't him, right? I'm not God. I, I'm, I was undone. It says in Isaiah 6 that, you know, when we stand in God's presence, we become undone because we see ourselves for who we truly are. We, are, we see the reality of our own sin. And what happens? Our hearts condemn us. And so maybe you are at that place. Maybe you're at that place where, you know, you've seen the religion, you're sick of it. But then also you've stood before God and you've realized, I'm not him. Or maybe you don't know what that's like. Maybe you've never actually met the guy. We're going to talk about that too. So that's what we're going to get into today is how do we deal with our hearts when we come before the presence of God? So let's get into the passage. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. And let's see what John has to tell us about this reality of coming into the presence of God and what we do with our condemning hearts. All right, that's what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into the Word. Father God, we ask you to be with us. Thank you, God, that you are real and that you're alive and that when we come into your presence, we're in front of a real God. And we invite you to come and do a great work in this place this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, verse 19, let's jump into this. Uh, we've been walking through First John in this series, Losing My Religion, and it's been an incredible series. We've talked about some incredible things, and this is the point in which John is going to talk to us about what do you do when you come into God's presence, okay? What do you do with your heart, all right? So let's read about it. It says in verse 19, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence, Let's stop right there. This sets us up for everything that we need to know about what we're going to get into. How we know that we are in the truth and we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Man, that's a beautiful idea right there, right? I want to know that I'm in him. I want to know with confidence that I am part of Christ. And I want to be able to silence the thing that goes on in my heart when I stand before him this condemning nature. So it says in verse 20, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. 
We're going to hang on that statement, God is greater than our hearts. We're going to talk about that this morning. Dear friends, 21, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit that he gave us. So, here's the thing. Let's start off with this idea. And this even can be a very religious term, okay? But I'm going to use the word pray. And I want you to think about that word. What do we normally think of when we think of pray? Because I want to use it to talk about how when we come into God's presence and when we interact with God, that's really what prayer is. It's just talking to God, being with him. But oftentimes, we don't even think about it in those terms. We think about it oftentimes as maybe information or I'm going to shout out a prayer. But when we talk about prayer this morning, this is going to be how we come before God. And that's really all the prayer is. It's us just talking to God, including him in the conversation that's probably always going on inside of our heads. That's really what prayer is. So how we pray is an important indicator of how religious we are. Because sometimes when we, just, we can just kind of shout out a prayer, or we can get real meticulous in the, in the way that we phrase things and how we say things. And that's what religion really does when it comes to prayer. But God's saying, I want you to come before me and stand before me and just be here. Be with me. So we're going to talk about that. And here's the deal, right? Everybody prays, if you think about it. It just depends on the situation. But when it comes right down to it, all of us are praying, right? I mean, it just, it, like, think about the times when you pray. Like, maybe you're running down the road, driving down, somebody cuts you off. Oh, Lord, bless that person in that car right there, right? I mean, or, you know, something's going really difficult and it's hard, and, you know, like some, something changes or your situation is difficult and, you know, the kids are climbing all over. You're like, oh, God, was that a prayer or an expletive? I'm not really sure which one that was. Like, not, the, the lines are blurry. But we all pray, don't we? We all kind of, we all shout something out. We're all declaring. We're all talking. And, and what's going on in that? Remember it says that whole idea there are no atheists in a foxhole. When things get tough when things get hard, man, we kind of all give a shout out to God. But this verse is showing us that there's a difference between religious praying and true prayer that is real intimacy with God. In fact, they're in conflict with one another. So coming into God's presence is not about how we do it in, the, in terms of the information. It's about who we are in God's presence. And I want to talk to you about this. God's presence has a way of making us understand that we don't measure up. Because when we stand before the real God, we see the own dirt under our fingernails, right? I mean, we see ourselves for who we are. And that can be a scary place. God's presence can be terrifying, even. Because we're seen for who we really are. And we know that we don't measure up. And I want to talk, I want to briefly go back in time a little bit here from this passage and go back into Genesis chapter 3. And I want to talk to you about what happened when humanity, you don't have to turn there, but I'm just going to share you a couple thoughts, share with you a couple thoughts about what happened when, when mankind first encountered God's presence 
with sin in his life. And you're going to see something very different. Because in Genesis, it tells us that Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden. Which means that they had unfettered access. They could just hang out with God anytime they wanted. And there was no shame. There was no fear. There was no accusation. It was perfect. It was like, you know how sometimes it feels with your spouse and you can just say anything or your best friend or your parent or whatever, and you can just say anything to them. If you've got that kind of relationship, just keep going with that into the infinitum. And that's what God had with us in the beginning in the garden. It's completely honest, completely open. And then something happens. Sin entered into the world, right? They ate the fruit. They decided to go their own way. They rejected God. And then look at what happens. We're going to walk through this a little bit in, in Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to, so God comes out and he's like, okay, Adam, where are you? After the fall, after sin, God's looking for Adam like God needed to look for Adam, right? Like he didn't know where he was. But he's asking, okay, Adam, where are you? And Adam's response is very important. He says, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, so I was afraid and I hid myself. What's going on here? Adam, hanging out with God, right? The most, maybe one of the most haunting passages of Scripture. I heard you walking in the garden, the place where we had intimacy, the place where we celebrated together, where we had life together, where I shared everything with you, God. I heard you walking there, and I hid myself. And for the first time in human history, Adam, humanity, mankind, knows fear in the presence of God. Why? Because of shame, because of the reality of sin in God's presence. It's the saddest statement of the Bible. I heard you sounding, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden and I was afraid. You see, God's presence is designed to be a place of safety and security. Not only did they hide themselves, but they also covered themselves, right? It says in the Bible in Genesis, they were naked and unashamed. It's like when your kids run downstairs and just celebrate the fact that they're butt naked, you know? It's kind of awesome, though. What, what a wonderful place to be that you can just stand there and be totally innocent. That's what Adam and Eve had, but they knew then that they were naked and they covered themselves. So we see here they covered themselves and they hid in the presence of God. And guys, honestly, if you want to shuck it right down to the core, that's what religion is. Religion is covering ourselves and hiding when we get into God's presence. And it starts here in our hearts. So how do we do it? How do we cover and hide? Well, that's what we're going to talk about because it's important how we stand before God when we're in prayer. And so religion covers and hides before God. It says in that passage, if you look back at Genesis 3, that they took it upon themselves to find a cover appropriate for their nakedness. So they're taking action here. And it's self-originated. And that's what we do today. That's what really religion looks like. It's the, it's the morality. It's the success. It's the achievements. It's the, I'm going to be a good little boy or a good little girl for God because that's what he really wants from me. And so by doing that, I'm going to cover myself up so you don't see the real me because I'm going to make sure that you see all the good that I do and not any of the bad that I do because I want you to love me and I want you to accept me and I want to be able to stand in your presence. So I'm going to be good. And that's religion. And it started in the garden. And guess what? It's still at work in our hearts today. 
We want to be good little boys and girls, but the problem is God doesn't want us to be good when we come before him. What does he want? What does God want? What does he want from us? I'll tell you what he wants. It's like when I was cooking in the kitchen with my girls one morning. So I'm there cooking away and making breakfast. I'm pretty amazing at breakfast, by the way. I just have to just state that and just say that. You guys, can I be a little arrogant in that way a little bit? Just if you want some ridiculously good pancakes, bro, just come to my house Saturday morning. So I'm like pancakes for days. I will keep cooking. You want bananas in them? I'll put bananas in them. You want chocolate chips? I got chocolate chips. I'll do it. Where am I going? No, I'm just kidding. So I'm cooking breakfast. So I'm making breakfast, and then I hear something in the bathroom, a splash, right? Like a full-on, like you hear a splash in the bathroom, but, you know, that's the problem, right? Because I mean, you're, I'm like in the kitchen, so I can hear this all the way from the other room. And so I know, man, if there's kids playing in the bathroom, I'm in trouble. So I run over, and I'm like, what's going on in here, guys? And there's a frenzy of activity, like people wiping counters, people like shutting lids, like all over the place, closing cabinets, just like standing there. Hey, what's up, Dad? We're cleaning up. You're cleaning up, Really? What was that splash? Oh, we're, we're cleaning up. Right? But I, I didn't need them to be good in that moment, right? What did I need? I needed them to be honest. And isn't that what God needs from us? When we pray, when we come into his presence, God doesn't want us to be good. He wants us to be honest. He wants us to be who we really are. That's what he wants. He doesn't want religious trappings. He doesn't want you to put on a prose. He doesn't want to put on a game, an act. He wants us to be real before him. Place is not a, prayer is not a place to be good. It's a place to be honest. Do you want a boring prayer life? Just spend some try, time trying to be honest, or excuse me, being good in your prayer life. If you're trying to be good in your prayer life, that's really boring. It's boring to just stand in front of God and tell him all the things you think he wants you to say, Right? That's real. I mean, I even get confused with that kind of prayer, which I still do it, by the, time, by the way, from time to time. I'm like, all right, God, what do you want from me? Okay, let me try and say that. That's real boring. I like fall asleep with that kind of prayer. It's not just an exchange of information. And sometimes we treat prayer, we, we treat intimacy, we treat, when we come into God's presence, we say, I'm just, it's like a text, Right? I'm just here to give you some information. I, I got to admit, I hate the phone. Like, I hate talking on the phone. I'm like, dude, you just called me and talked to me for seven minutes, and you could have texted me that in like 30 seconds. We'd be done, right? So, I mean, you know, we're all like that. We all kind of want, but here's the deal. In a text, I can kind of say, do, be whoever I need to be, whoever I want to be. Like, I can text you, Rocky, in my pajamas, right? I can do whatever I need to do, man. I can, my hair can be messy. I couldn't have had a shower for three days. It doesn't even matter. I can text you however, but when I come into your presence, if, we, if you say, Jake, let's go meet you know, at Waffle House and let's get breakfast, then I've, I've got to come and I've got to be real before you. You're going to see all my flaws. You're going to see everything, the reality of who I am. And we treat prayer like that, like it's just an exchange of information. It's God saying, I want to be with you. How we pray shows our attitude towards God. But see, that's just it, man. We, we, we don't pray right. We don't do it right. Right? I mean, I mean, the reality is our hearts condemn us. We step into God's presence, and immediately it's, I'm not doing this right. 
I don't have this figured out. And that's really who this sermon is for. It's for those of you who have said, you know what, I've tried this Christian thing, and I'm not good enough. I've worked hard at this. I've done what I can, and this is just not for me. It may be good for them. It may be good for him or her, but it's not working for me. This stuff just doesn't take. I come to church. I've done the thing. I've, you know, I've, I've run the route, whatever, and it's just not seeming to have an effect. Because here's the reality. There are people who didn't get up this morning, who stayed in bed. They were going to come to church somewhere in our community, and they stayed in bed. Why? Because they thought, you know what, That's, I just am not going to measure up. I just can't do those things. That stuff's just not for me. It doesn't work. I might as well give up. It's Easter season anyway, right? Everybody's talking about Jesus. I'll just pick him up somewhere else. But we don't show up before God because we're terrified of being exposed for who we really are. And guys, that's every single one of us. Every one of us, our hearts condemn us. But here's the good news. What does it say? Whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Come on. You know what I'm saying? When our hearts condemn us, what? God is greater than our hearts. I, I think we need to say that together. Like, let's just speak it out. Ready? When our hearts condemn us, what? God is greater than our hearts. That's incredible. That's like news to transform your entire life. Right there. Because our hearts are wicked, right? They lead us astray. We need to know that God is greater than our hearts. So what is the heart? I mean, what even is that? There's been some debate. Scholars have talked about it. They're trying to come to consensus on this. But for our purposes this morning, let's just break it down like this. The heart is the mind, the will, and the emotions. The mind, the will, and the emotions. So let's talk about that. Our thoughts. Bro, are, I mean, are your thoughts powerful? My thoughts are crazy. I mean, if you, if I like had that little ticker that said every little thing that was going through my head, and what if you had that? What if we all had to wear that, you know, just for a day? We would be absolutely mortified, right? Like you couldn't, there's no grabbing it, there's no stopping it. It's just, I'm just going to read that. Wow, that just, that person just thought that is weird, and that's all of us, right? Our thoughts are crazy. And then we start having thoughts about the thoughts that we've just had, right? It's like, dude, you just thought about that. What is your problem? Right? And then our thoughts condemn us, don't they? You just thought that. And so how could you love God? How could you say you're a follower of God of what you just thought? And you know what? I've got to be honest. That happens to me. I'm like, man, how can, how can I be a follower of God with what just ran through my head? And that's my real, you know, that's what we, it's, they're crazy. Our thoughts are all over the place. That's what happens. And they do what? They condemn us. Our thoughts condemn us. What about your will? Your decisions, right? My decisions are my reality. I mean, you want to talk about what's real? I just did that. That's my decision. That's more real than this. That's more real than the Bible. That's more real than Jesus. That's more real than anything. Is what I just did, because that just happened. 
And so that, that's me. That thing, I know I did it back, but that's me. That was my decision. That was my choice. That's me. I did this. I went there. I saw that. I made this move. And it defines me. Let's take it a step further, your emotions. I mean, what can be more real in 2016 than how I feel, right? My emotions are my world. Who is God? In 2016, my feelings. Here's the deal. If God is my feelings, I will serve the most fickle God in all of human history. Am I right? Bro, my feelings are all over the place. I'm going to keep it real, man. I'm going to keep it real. Not feeling it. What? My feelings are truth. No, 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 no. We know that that's not real. What's greater than all of this? What's greater than my mind? What's greater than my thoughts? What's greater than my will? What's greater than my emotions? What's greater than my breakdown? What's greater than my bad day? What's greater than my stray thoughts? What's greater than my habits? What's greater than my bad weekend? What's greater than my bad church experience? What's greater than all of that? God is greater than our hearts. God is greater than our hearts. Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Here's the deal, guys, friends, ladies, gentlemen. If we keep doing this thing with our heart, guess what? The circle is going to go round and round and round and round. You're not going to get off the train because our hearts will always condemn us when we come into God's presence. So how do we get off the train? How do you stop the condemning heart? You agree with it. You think I'm bad heart? You don't even know about this. I mean, let's just be honest, right? Our hearts don't even know the half of it. They just got what we, you know, the last 48 hours. They don't know the half of it. Maybe even a percentage of it. Guess who knows all of it, Jesus? What does it say in the verse? God knows. God knows everything. <laughs> Your heart's only got like 10%. He knows everything. God is greater than our hearts. So we agree with them. We just say, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm condemned. I can't do it. Jesus died for it. And so here's the reality. And we already know about this because we talked about it in our previous, in our previous sermons, uh, sermon series. We have an advocate, and it's Jesus Christ. He is the righteous one. And so what we get to do we get to put on his righteousness. All the filth, all the decisions, all the emotions, all of it, we get to wear the robes of Jesus and we get to be clothed in his righteousness. Amen? And that's what 
following Jesus is all about. That's when we get to, we don't have to posture, we don't have to cover, we don't have to hide, we don't have to chase religion, we just get to wear the righteousness of Jesus. And so when our hearts condemn us, we just agree with them. And we say, guess what, it's a good thing, it wasn't because of those things that I'm in God's presence. It's because of Jesus and his righteousness that I can come before God. You see, prayer is about honesty. It's not about being good. You can choose religion to prop yourself up before God, or you can trust Jesus to purify you before God. Religion says, clean yourself up before you can come into my presence. Jesus says, come into my presence and I will make you clean. Religion leads us to hide and to cover our condemning heart. Jesus frees us to expose who we really are and then to trust him with that. Religion demands us to have the right words when we stand before God. Jesus says, pour out whatever words you got because I love you and I'm pleased with you. Religion desires to have a prayer life that impresses people around us. Jesus would rather us go quietly to our closet and share with him the reality of who we are. Religion seeks to pray for the sake of length, while Jesus says, words will fail you when you stand before me. And so just enjoy being silent. Religion moves us to posture before God. Jesus calls us to prostrate ourselves before God. Jesus is not concerned about how good your prayer life is. He's actually not concerned about how good you are, period. He just wants to know, have you trusted in him? Are you allowing yourself to be clothed in his righteousness? There's a cool reality that happens when you become a Christian. Actually, it's something that, um, that many of us don't actually quite fully understand because as we grow in Christ our awareness of our own sin actually grows. And also, our awareness of God's holiness grows. So I'm going to put my mic down. I'm going to show it to you just one second. They both grow. And in between, you know what else grows? the cross of Jesus Christ. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger because of what Jesus has done for you and for me. I want to close with this verse. Another verse from the Apostle of Love. John, the Gospel of John, same writer, different book. He says in chapter 10, verse 29, he says, My Father who has given them into my hand, He's given them to me. What is he? He is not only greater than my heart, he is greater than all. And so here's what happens when we think that God can't handle our heart and the reality of our heart. We're kind of telling him, hey, you're greater than all. You've given the righteousness of your son to the world, and for those who accept that righteousness and say, I want to be clothed in it, that's just not good enough. I need something else. God's saying, look, I'm greater than all. So you can stand here, and you can keep trying to strive with your covering and your hiding, but I want to give you rest. I want to give you peace. 
And what does he promise? He says, no one can snatch them out of my hand. No one. You see, guys, when God's done it, it's done. When Jesus completes it, it's finished. It's over. And we can be free to stop posturing, covering, and hiding, but just allowing the righteousness of Christ to cover us in his love. Amen? Let's pray. Thanks for listening to this week's message from South Christ Church. You can connect with us on our app today. There you can watch, listen, or even give to this ministry. If you have any questions or want to share your story with us, you can send us an email at hello at southcrest.tv. We'll see you next time.